Hoops Post Game here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin in studio. We're just on stream because on our regular dial, we've got NFL playoffs coming up. Of course, a big weekend in football uh, in the NFL, and we're proud to have the uh, have those games going on here. Uh, but we do also want to give a little bit of a celebration, uh, have our own little celebration uh, with Nebraska in their victory over Northwestern. Jumping back from a two-game losing streak after knocking off number one Purdue. It's been a little bit worrisome. A lot of people may be sweating it out there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. But Casey Tominaga with the big shot late uh, to really put the final nail in the coffin against Northwestern. They weren't able to get a bucket uh, in the final couple possessions there as they as Nebraska really clamped down on defense. Uh, Nebraska uh, needed this one. Seven straight losses uh, to Northwestern as a program. Uh, if you're watching the broadcast, you could tell it's, it's kind of been one of those years to get a, get rid of a lot of those streaks. And here is another one. It's it's hard to imagine that it's seven straight losses Northwestern. You kind of think of Nebraska and Northwestern kind of on the same uh, level, but uh, that hasn't been the case in the last couple of years. Northwestern, obviously, uh, one of the top coaches in the Big Ten. They've been one of the top point guards in the ten, Big Ten in Boo Booey, who really struggled today. Uh, shout out to Nebraska's defense for getting that done. Uh, and just overall, Nebraska gets the win, uh, all important win to go to 14 and five overall and stay above 500 or get back to 500 in big 10 play. I can go through some of the numbers here, uh, as we see it, of course, a big storyline in today's game. There were plenty of them. Uh, but, uh, one of them was that Juwan Gary was not going to be available for Nebraska. And so somebody or a few people were going to have to step up and, and, and really, um, Take take do what he does, which is very difficult to do because he does a lot of the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, and you know, obviously, his ferociousness, his rebounding would have been helpful uh, late in the game against Rutgers. But I think Nebraska did a pretty good job. I mean, this was a well-rounded effort. This was nobody went off for twenty um, and and just really led this Nebraska basketball team. In fact, he had five scores in double figures, and then Rink Mass, who played an all all around really well game with eight points. Uh, so we can run through the leading score, actually, Josiah Alec, uh, who Nebraska often used as a mismatch. He was the replacement for Gary in the starting lineup. Uh, he finished with 15 points on four of five shooting, uh, five rebounds and two assists for him. Rink Mass, uh, also in the starting lineup, like I said, eight, eight points, eight rebounds, six assists. A good bounce back game from him as he struggled with his uh, matchup against Rutgers, uh, specifically with him looking uh, where to pass the ball and making cuts. Um, and, and just staying to it, staying with it. That's always going to be part of rink mass games. Uh, Jamarcus Lawrence, two big threes to open the second half. He finished with 10 points for the Huskers, five rebounds, three assists. Um, and Kaysay Tamanaga, 14 points. Like I said, the huge three there late that really kind of put this game away. Two of four from beyond the arc for him and six points for Kaysay Tamanaga. The other starter, Bryce Williams, uh, consistent with his 12 points, three of five from the line, four of six. From the field, including one of two from deep, also threw in four rebounds. Rebounds coming off the bench for Nebraska. C.J. Wilcher, you talk about a big bucket in a, in a, in in a, a part of his game, and C.J. that you know he's kind of known as the shooter. He's made a lot of good cuts and and really improved his game. But just going to get a bucket when Nebraska needed it most uh, to kind of fight off Northwestern, who's really. It was a back-and-forth second half. I mean, a, a second half of streaks. And one of those main streaks, Northwestern, uh, was really putting the clamp down on Nebraska and them getting any anything to fall. And C.J. Wilcher, driving to the lane, uh, was able to get over 
the seven footer, uh, his wingspan from Northwestern and get a bucket there. Very important. I would say the two most important of his 10 points tonight or this afternoon as he was two of four from beyond the arc, four of seven uh, shooting. Sam Hoiberg contributing to as well, two points. And how about six rebounds uh, from the undersized guard? Don't, don't tell him I said that. And Eli Rice uh, also contributing with four points, two blocks, a pretty good defensive performance from him, four or four from the line. And as Nebraska once again gets this win over Northwestern. And like I said, I mean, it's, it'd be, you know, I think these are pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, like I said, Nebraska now 14 and five, Northwestern 13 and five. They're going to be close in the Big Ten standings all year long. Um, and you could easily make the excuse for Nebraska they don't have Rashawn Gary or that, that they don't have Gary and that maybe that, that would be. Uh, difficult, or, or if you had the loss, you kind of have that excuse in the bag, right? Well, Northwestern is going to walk away from this game thinking, man, I have not seen Boo Booey struggle quite that much uh, in his time in Evanston. And this was just a difficult game for him. You have to contribute that to a lot to the defensive prep for Nebraska, a lot to uh, the way that they were just kind of guarding him and not letting him uh, get to his spots. Uh, but Boo Booey, not, never shy to shoot, sure wasn't shy. Uh, two of 15 from the field, nine points overall because he did get to the line and hit four of five from there. But hey, if you went look, walked into this game and told me Boo Booey, one of the leading scorers in the Big Ten, averages 20, was just going to get nine, I'd say Nebraska would be in a good spot. Now, Barnheiser, he went off in the second half and he really helped Northwestern kind of get back in that game, crawl out of their halftime deficit. Uh, and, you know, there were, there were certain times when he just kind of felt like the best player on the floor, at least the uh, the best player at that moment. He had 24 for Northwestern. Langborg hit a lot of different threes, 15 points total for him, uh, four of those uh, buckets of his being from beyond the arc. Um, so Nebraska, not always who you expect. Boo Booey was kind of the main defensive assignment uh, for this game, uh, but Barnheiser certainly coming on. It'll be interesting to see if Nebraska matches up later with Northwestern uh, and, and, and see kind of the, the return trip and see if, if that game kind of turns out similar to this one, because this was, this was a good game again, back and forth. Nebraska needed the win. Nebraska got the win. Uh, once again, I'm Jake Bakov and this is the hoops post game show uh, brought to you by action, plumbing, heating, and AC and electrical, excuse me. And uh, of course, another reason why this was a big game. And if you went out to Pinnacle bank or any, you might've saw, saw it alumni weekend uh, going on. And uh, very cool. Obviously, Eric Strickland, who's part of this show, was uh, recognized. He was out there throwing T-shirts around. And uh, very cool, obviously, to see Danny Nee as well. Danny Nee, one of the best coaches, if not the best all-time at Nebraska, uh, really had a lot of those early 90s, late 80s teams on a roll and in, 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 in the spotlight, being top 10, top 25 type of teams. And it's just been fun with this, this coming up to talk with Strick, to talk uh, with people that have been around the program for that long and kind of think of those early 90s teams because it's a bit of a different conversation than when we think about Nebraska basketball. Now, Strick will tell you uh, when he was uh, committing to Nebraska, they were a top 25 team, if not a top 10 team and in, in program that he was committing to. And, and, you know, Nebraska, as we know, has had struggled uh, since basically uh, letting go of Danny Nee. And it's been a long time um, through all, a lot of different coaches, but hopefully Fred Hoiberg, and get this group going. It feels like a team that's got as good of a shot as any. Um, maybe since, you know, the 99, I think there's been one NCAA tournament since then. We all remember that, you know, Tran Petaway and Walter Pitchford and Tim Miles and, uh, and, and, and Siobhan Shields and those guys in their run. 
this Nebraska basketball team feels like they can get there. And it's it's funny because if you listen to Coach Hoiberg throughout the week, you, you had to kind of fight against the noise, right? There was a lot of noise this week about letting games go. That Rutgers game, you had a big lead. You had two chances in, in regulation under 10 seconds to get the winning shot and missed uh, the opportunity to get the shot off. There was a lot to kind of pick apart from that Rutgers game. So you got to give credit to Coach Hoiberg and the staff and, and and obviously the team to be able to kind of draw that out. Now, all that being said, still going to be difficult to win on the road in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, we're just seeing that all across the league. It's not a Nebraska problem alone. Um, and so as we kind of look and pick apart Nebraska's resume and, and get nervous and, and here and there, uh, just a reminder, you know, that every team across the country is kind of going through this thing. There's no undefeated team in Big Ten play. Nebraska got that big win, obviously, against Purdue. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I, I, as, as we kind of put you know step back and kind of look at the total picture, uh, things are good. Things are good for Nebraska at 14 and five. You just kind of think too, uh, uh, I mean, the, the, the opposite of that could have happened where Nebraska did have a long scoring drought as this game kind of progressed there in the second half allowed Northwestern to get back in the game a few times. And then, like I said, kind of streaking Nebraska was able to get the lead out, but there, especially down there. Uh, down the stretch, had Nebraska lost this game, it would just be another one. And then you don't have the old, uh, well, it was on the road type of excuse. You, you know, you, you've got to protect home court. Nebraska was able to do that. By the way, too, if you were at the game, uh, you would see one of the, the most special buckets made today was from uh, a former Husker as well from midcourt. Uh, Eric Pipkowski was given three different opportunities to hit a game, or excuse me, a, 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 a midcourt shot, half-court shot, and uh, hit the third one, banked it in. So uh, I guess we can get. I don't know if the banks are open on Saturday. I think they are. So, uh, but uh, it's a. It was it was a special moment. It was cool to see all the alumni jump in and, and, and getting up and, and, and rowdy around him. And at the time, Nebraska felt pretty good because it was a pretty good uh, first half. Uh, we do have Austin Overman coming into the studio as well. If you are joining us via the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, I apologize. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Of, of of getting him maybe on the screen, but we'll hear his voice and we'll continue to do this here. As once again, uh, on our radio dial, we have NFL playoffs starting up, firing up, but here on the stream, we're just going to talk some Husker basketball and so we don't necessarily have to take commercials. So that's kind of nice. We'll just kind of run right through this. Now, the only problem with that is uh, I might get tired and, and start running out of my voice, but thankfully, Austin Overman is, Overman is here now uh, and uh, going to have his thoughts. Of course, he was at the game as well. Um, We'll start with this because it was mentioned on the broadcast, Austin. Any, It's hard to say you could have any problem with Tominaga's three, but a foul would have taken them to the line. In Nebraska, having a, a lead there, that would traditionally be your basketball, uh, if you're a coach on the sideline, something that you would want to see happen. But it's Tominaga, so you go ahead and let him get the shot off. You know, you do. Um, not pretty at all. I think it's a good win for the resume, but... I don't know, Bach. Like that was such a a bailout shot, and Nebraska had really been relying on those for most of the last six, seven, eight minutes of that game. It's awesome that the Casey Tomanaga hit it right. Nebraska made the play it had to make at the very end of the game. Strick and I sit next to each other at the game. Didn't love the process, right? Didn't hold the follow through. Really, just just chucked it up there, pulled the string, as Strick likes to say. But it went in, right? And that's what ultimately matters, is that it went in, it, it iced the game for Nebraska. <sighs> what we're seeing with this team, Bach, is 
not always the highest level of basketball IQ, right? Sometimes it's not taking a shot they should. Sometimes it's taking a shot they shouldn't. Passing up a good shot, you know, a shot that's more in a player's wheelhouse to dribble into traffic and go nowhere. We saw that so often down the stretch. And really the only reason that Nebraska escaped with a win is because Northwestern went cold at just the wrong time. The Wildcats had more than a few opportunities to take the lead, um, but it was 65-64, I think it was. They missed two open threes on a possession, and then even late, they missed a couple that would have cut it to, to one point again. So you absolutely do not apologize about the win, but Nebraska isn't suddenly fixed or solved by having put one back in the win column. Yeah, it's kind of funny because that's what's what we do in sports is you take the... You take the the end of the game with a, it's a win or loss. You, you completely run with the narrative in that direction, right? There was a lot. There was some sloppy plays, a lot of turnovers from Nebraska today. Um, but I guess it just kind of depends on what your thoughts were coming into this game because this I thought that these teams are two pretty even teams. It was going to be a good matchup, and then without Gary, there was just this kind of fear. I, I think in Nebraska uh, nation, just of thinking like, man, they're even as it is losing Gary. He's just kind of that that glue piece, that big piece that can make that few extra plays in the game that might get them the win. How do you think that they did specifically Alec jumping in the starting lineup, but how they did to kind of as a team uh, cover what Gary usually brings to you? I don't think Jawan Gary makes a huge difference in this game. Interesting. I, I really don't. Maybe he's matched up with Barnheiser more and he doesn't go for a game high 24 on nine of 15. That's probably the matchup, but I don't know if Jawan Gary makes a huge difference here, right? Nebraska, did struggle, you know, a little bit rebounding, but they still, you know, win it by 14. 11 offensive rebounds is a lot, but I think Nebraska did a pretty good job of covering for him. And that's why I said this week, Bach, I think Nebraska's pretty well equipped to handle this, right? Fred Hoiberg, uh, Nate Lenzer, the rest of that staff proved they could put together a game plan with Juwan Gary out last year. And I think this team is deeper. So they, they know what it is Juwan Gary brings to the table. And I think Alec did a good job helping out there. Um, Eli Rice wasn't a huge impact. Um, Northwestern targeted him on defense a few times. Um, CJ Wilcher, I thought, played pretty well overall. Um, but yeah, Josiah Alec, I think, is the the story, especially early on. Right, I think he had 10 or 12 in the first half. Uh, great from the free throw line. The, the thing that stood out to me about Josiah Alec, though, was he was out of control a few times and this went to the whole team, right? I'm just going to point out Josiah Alex. I think it's easiest to, you know, track him and see him with that, that big bouncing, bouncing hair. Nebraska either got too aggressive or too passive. Nebraska didn't do a good job of finding that, that middle ground, right? Josiah Alec, again, good game for him, but I'm just going to point him out just because there are some examples that come to mind. So many times he would be playing outside himself, right outside his shoulders, his feet are wide. He's kind of, of trying to avoid dragging that pivot foot by moving that lead foot around. It looks like a travel got away with it. He was bodied on more than a few of them, but if you're under control playing inside your shoulders, pressure doesn't bother you nearly as much because you're in a position to handle it. Even more than that though, Bach, Nebraska was soft capital S capital O capital F capital T mm -hmm. today. I don't care that they won the rebounding battle by 14. Basically all of Nebraska's turnovers were soft. One hand passes, loose handle, um, and it, even mentally soft, right? Driving into traffic when you had a better spot up shot or you could have kept the ball moving. Um, 
overpassing, right? Teammate isn't expecting the pass when you go up for a layup, but you try to pass it. Or, I mean, Nebraska, again, got bailed out. They were not able to get good shots in the last six, seven minutes of that game. Screening wasn't there. Um, sense of urgency on those cuts wasn't necessarily there. It was not a great performance by Nebraska. The fact they put up 75 points despite turning the ball over 18 times, that's pretty incredible. I think that speaks to just how boom or bust, I will say, Nebraska was today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's again, it's, it's I mean, 18 turnovers is a lot. 18 assists to go up against that um, kind of helped them get in the game because they, they did have some good, you know, cut action today. Um, but it was, I mean, it was very hit or miss because, you know, Mass hit a few of those and then he ended up with five turnovers. Uh, the lazy pass at half uh, court that uh, Barnhanger took and all, dunked mm-hmm. it and really gave Northwestern a lot of momentum. That cut, you know, that's as, as bad as it gets. Um, so as far as lazy passes go, so it, it was one handed. And even here's the thing, Bach, Nebraska knew Northwestern was going to be in that passing lane, right? The, the book is out on what Nebraska wants to do on offense. Northwestern did, but not a lot of teams have, and they, they play that one step closer on the perimeter. So if Nebraska does make that soft kind of pass to reverse the ball, they'll just show with their, their, um, their inside hand to leave them in position to recover if they don't get it, but it either forces Nebraska out a step or they're in that passing lane. They're going the other way, right? Nebraska didn't jump to the ball. Nebraska didn't ball fake back cut and Nebraska didn't change the passing. Right. It was one hand. It was, Oh, I'm used to making this pass. I'm going to make it and move on. Nebraska didn't pay attention to the details nearly enough as they needed to. Yeah, this, it was, it was, it was a game again. That's I think the narrative is going to go by uh, with the victory. And uh, obviously Austin not letting it go uh, and, <laughs> and fair enough because there were, there were a lot of frustrating points in that. Um, I do want to ask you this, though, was because Nebraska did an unbelievable job against Boo Booey. I think that's hard to argue as Boo Booey, one of the best guards in the nation, averages about 20 points per game, only finished with nine on two made field goals today. Um, was do, I guess, why do you think they were effective against him? And then sometimes when you when you focus that much defense on one guy, you know, somebody else has to step up. And for Northwestern, that was Barnheiser. He got his career high tonight. So. You know, it's it's kind of, again, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad in, in the defensive category against the, the Wildcats. I leaned over to Strick at halftime and said, this feels a little Tyson Walker-ish. Tyson Walker had two points at half of the Michigan State-Nebraska game, really took over in the second half. Nebraska didn't necessarily let that happen in the scoring column. I mean, you hold him to two of 15, one of six from three, and, you know, four or five at the free throw line. But that one three that he hit was a big one. It was a clutch one where I think it was Eli Rice that, that got lost, you know? Um, so yes, one-on-one to Marcus Lawrence, Sam Hoiberg, even Bryce Williams did a pretty good job. But what good players do is they're ready in the moment, right? Seven assists for Boo Booey to only two turnovers and the big three at the end. The shooting numbers are atrocious, right? Credit Nebraska for holding him down in, in that regard. But Boo Booey was still, I think on the aggregate, a winning player for Northwestern today. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's fair enough. Um, seven assists is, is certainly helps out. Uh, Nebraska, by the way, will take on Northwestern later in the season. They're going to make the return trip to Evanston on the twentieth, or excuse me, that's today uh, on uh, on the seventh. It'll be a Wednesday, February seventh. Is this the type of matchup? First of all, do you think these teams are pretty even? It was also interesting in in that they both beat Purdue at home. Uh, of course, the only Big Ten teams to do so. Uh, 
a return trip to Evanston, would you favor Nebraska after watching today or not so much? I wouldn't. I, I totally agree that these are even teams because when you look at these two teams, I can't tell you what their strength is, right? We think of styles make fights, right? Purdue style is going to be play inside out through ED, kick it out to shooters. You think about Illinois, defensive pressure is going to be their style. Michigan State, transition. Northwestern and Nebraska are both just solid at everything, but not overwhelmingly good at any one thing. I kind of thought Northwestern's undoing today would be the rebounding. They're like in the 350s mm. in most rebounding categories, offensive, defensive, total per game. Not a good rebounding team, which is why I think the decision was to go with Josiah Alec in the starting lineup. Nebraska won it, didn't necessarily hammer it home. But yeah, you saw a game between two pretty evenly matched teams. I don't want to say Nebraska came out on top just because it was, you know, at home. I think Nebraska got a road whistle at home in, in a lot of cases. That was not the best performance by this crew today. But I would I would assume Northwestern would be favored by probably the same six, five and a half, six points when Nebraska makes that return trip. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, a lot of depends on the momentum that each program has at that point. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, I did want to ask you too about Jamarcus Lawrence because this is one of his better like point total games. Um, four turnovers though, once again, um, three three assists to kind of make up for that. It, it sure, certainly helps to hit two big threes, two big corner threes makes the, the stats look a lot better. Is he coming along to the point that? I mean, I, it, it's kind of late in the year to be talking about changes in the starting lineup, but he it, it, it how is that experiment uh, going for you? Jamarcus was better today he had a couple nice um the, the assists were nice he strung a play out and found i don't know if it was master alec on one in the second half um scoring was much better obviously he took the right shots at the right time he didn't necessarily force it chipped in with rebounding so i have no problems with how jamarcus lawrence played um in this game i was a little curious the the way fred hoiberg would go because sam hoiberg was still in the game um as we were getting close to the u8 timeout and Strick and I were kind of going back and forth. Do you finish with Jamarcus Lawrence? Do you finish with Sam Hoiberg for defense? Do you go offense, defense with them? And I was glad to see Fred Hoiberg go to Jamarcus Lawrence. He did a, a good enough job defensively who didn't commit as many of the, the soft turnovers as any as the other players did. And I think he's still Nebraska's best guy with the explosiveness getting downhill. In a game that you, you want to get to the rack, drive and kick to open shooters or get yourself to the free throw line, I think having the ball in Jamarcus Lawrence's hands late was going to be part of the plan. So I thought Jamarcus Lawrence had maybe not his best game of the year, but certainly one of his better games. And then another question I think that I have that was was very noticeable, and Tom and I, again, hits the big shot, um, is the hero today. But they did go to him a few times late in the shot clock, and that's seemingly a good idea because he can make bad shots. He took some bad shots on those on those shot clocks, including a shot clock violation. He had a couple of them, and even C.J. Wilcher had that that one yeah. runner that uh, they weren't full on, you know, grenades, right? They weren't just giving the ball with absolutely nothing to do except chuck a shot off, right? I mean, Casey Tominaga has hit threes that would have been more contested than the ones he's taken. Um, he had a guy on his right hip on one of them. If he shoots the jump shot there the guy has to go through him or across him to contest, which is near impossible. But instead he, he shot fakes. He, he dribbles into two and a half, three guys and flips up a tough one, or he's being guarded by someone that's a little taller, a little longer than he is. And he dribbles into traffic where it's going to be tougher for him to get a shot off. He, he took away the space that he needed to get a shot off. 
which was a little confusing. Um, he's hit the shot he hit before, you know, at the end. So I, I was still a little surprised to see it go down. I don't think Nebraska deserved for that shot to go down, <laughs> but that's part of the fun, right? That's why yeah. you have a guy like Casey Tomanaga who, when he has the opportunity to make a play like that, you know he's the type of guy that lives for the moment. And that's why you have Casey Tomanaga on your team. Well, and he's got, you know, he's got a size deficit most of the times against guards that are guarding him. He has to find creative ways. He's a pretty good creative scorer, you know, so sometimes you, you allow him to get away with a lot of uh, the, the, the shenanigans, I suppose, that goes along with and, it. And maybe I'm being unfair to Casey, too. Uh, let's put the blame on a, a team concept, right? Because there weren't necessarily screens being set for him. So if you have two or three guys in that space late shot clock, if you're going to have that wing pick and roll, you either have to go middle if you're Casey Tomonaga um, to to space the, the defense out a little bit, give your guy in the corner opportunity, give rink masses the screener the opportunity to still pop, or the screener has to space to the top of the key and the backside guys have to clear out as well to let it be more of a one-on-one. Because what it turned into was kind of a no-win situation. Not enough space to use a, a, a pick and roll um, set not enough space to do like a sidestep three, like we've seen Casey do before. Um, not enough room to to try to wiggle around a guy because you have three guys standing in the same area, not really doing anything. Northwestern could have guarded that with one and a half players. So it's not all on, on the decision-making from Casey. It, it was not the best spacing. There's no purpose to the late game offense, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you too is, is, is Casey with what comes along with him is sometimes um, some you know, some expressions uh, <laughs> against Rutgers. It was shushing the crowd today against Boo Booey. He creatively scored and then did the too small. Uh, I, I don't want to just ask you about Casey here in a second, but what do you think about that overall? When a little guy goes in, scores on somebody, do you think that that's overdone in in in, in basketball culture now? I don't think the move that he made was one that warranted the too small, but right. I also think it's hilarious right. at the same time. It doesn't have to be. It's just if you're a, a small guy that scores, that's what you do now. Like. Right. Down I, low. Yeah. I, I think it's funny, too, because Boo Booey is a really good defender. One of the, the top guys in steals in the Big Ten last year. That's what made Northwestern so formidable defensively was him and Adige at the point of attack. I think they combined for something like seven steals a game mm. last year. It's Casey. It's hilarious. Overdone, probably, but meh. Well, I was a little worried about it because it, 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 it wasn't completely fair to his teammates because Boo was drawing the assignment of Casey Tamanaga on that end, but it was not the same way on the other side. No. So, he, so, <laughs> so Casey uh, was just poking at the bear and then going and guarding somebody else. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, ultimately, Boo, Booey did go down and try to get a, a three-pointer, missed mm-hmm. it uh, on that next possession because that can that can make you angry and, and you don't. You don't want to make Boo Booey angry in, in my mind, but he was getting frustrated enough just because his shots weren't falling. Communication with teammates at times on his lobs. Uh, Everyone out there. was frustrated. Chris yeah. Collins was working the refs within the first like two, three minutes of the game. Um, Fred Hoiberg was certainly not happy. PBA let the refs know about their performance. Oh, and I think Nebraska played frustrated. That's another one of my concerns for this team, Bach, is that for being such a veteran team that's seen a lot of college basketball, I get it. They're still human. They're allowed to be frustrated. But when you're frustrated, you don't back off. You don't you don't place off. You don't make the lazy passes because then you're going to get frustrated because you're giving up fast break points. Nebraska still, I think, needs that like, come to Jesus meeting like, hey, we got to screw our heads on straight. Like, yeah, we're happy that we ended up getting this win, but we know we're better than this and we have to be better than this. You got to win at home. You get Ohio State coming in the building. They've been kind of up and down, but then 
it's back on the road, right? Nebraska can't afford to play this soft at home again because if they bring this act on the road, Maryland blows them out by 20. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's going to be a battle all year long, I think. And I kind of started to get away from it once once they beat Purdue. It's like, well, maybe they'll be the top four team in the Big Ten, and maybe they will. But I think you're going to have this kind of battle of just like, don't get too far below 500. And if you can stay kind of there, um, that'll put you kind of in, in somewhat of a position, um, if not to win a little bit in the Big Ten tournament to, to, to stamp your way in, uh, to maybe be dancing on the right side of the bubble. How about the, this for the standings? The two teams that are going back and forth at the top right now are Wisconsin and Purdue. They both have six wins. Illinois is at four and two in the conference. They do get Terrence Shannon Jr. back. Curious to see how they, they reintegrate him into the team. Uh, Northwestern, four and three. Nebraska, four and four. Uh, one up on Northwestern. Indiana, four and four. Nebraska, a game up on them on tiebreaker. Ohio State, three and four. Comes to town on Tuesday. Minnesota, three and four. Nebraska's down a game to them. Iowa, three and four. Nebraska's down a game. Michigan State, three and four. Nebraska's up a game. Maryland, three and four. Penn State, three and five. It's a logjam in the middle, right? So I don't think Nebraska is going to go on this, this big, long losing skid like we've seen in years past to, to end up, you know, three, four, five games below 500 in the conference. But I also don't know if Nebraska is tough enough mentally to sustain such a long winning streak to get three, four, five games above 500 in the Big Ten Conference. I think this is a team that ends up between eight and 12 and 12 and eight in the conference. Um, but I still think 10 and 10 is probably the most likely outcome for this team. They'll, that's just what they're going to be. They'll win games ugly. They might have, you know, another dominating performance in them. But I think games like tonight that are played within a single digit margin are going to be the norm. So get your get your heartburn mm. pills now, Husker Hoops fans. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uh, of pretty good teams in the Big Ten. We'll just say that that are that are going to be giving it to you on a nightly basis. Like you said, Nebraska's next game um, will be at home uh, against Ohio State, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. If you're not going to go to the game. Hopefully that peacock suspicion is still going because I know that's a talking point among any Big Ten fan base is having to buy peacock. Do they have NFL? They, they probably passed Wildcard Weekend. Don't have any. Peacock yeah, NFL I don't think games, they do. Probably not. But uh, yeah, I maybe don't, some hockey. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. You got peacock? I do not. You do not. Did you buy it for when you any of these? Also, uh, did synthesis? not. No. I might. I might be able to bum it off a friend though because I think they were over and they still might be logged in. Yeah, so I'm gonna get to cross my fingers and hope for that. Well, it's funny because it's like six bucks and people really complain about it. If you remember back in the days, like obviously there was there were more games than not only on the radio, but right. especially when it was like okay, a network didn't pick you up and you did a pay per view. That was very expensive. It wasn't six yeah. bucks. It was like 15, 20 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my parents paid for it. I don't it, know but... if they paid either. They told me it was expensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm assuming it was more than six bucks. Uh, but uh, that will be that will be fun. Nebraska uh, looking against Ohio State. And that's a probably a very good, just like we were saying, I, it's not an obvious win for Nebraska. It's not an obvious win for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want to protect home court, but uh, be a tough matchup. This is where... I think Juwan Gary would be big for Nebraska against mm. Jamison Battle, who's given Nebraska fits before in the past. Again, Ohio State started off the year really well. They had a weird, weird year in the Big Ten last year. Finished in the bottom four, probably more talented than that, but that was Chris Holtman's first bad year at Ohio State. I don't think he should have been on the hot seat by any means, but he needed a big bounce back. 
he got it. They do lose on the road at Michigan, which we've seen winning on the road in the Big Ten is tough if you're not, you know, Wisconsin or Purdue at this point. Um, but Michigan is just not that good. So I don't fully know what to make of Ohio State just yet. But like you've said, like like Strick has said all year long, just find a way to win at home. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, a few more talking points before we get out of here. Um, Nebraska has been of launching threes basically this year. They're kind of among the among leaders of the big 10 in shooting the threes only seven of 13 tonight. Whereas, which is a good percentage by the way, but whereas Northwestern shot up 31 and ended up hitting 10, a little bit more, obviously a little bit less as far as percentage goes for Nebraska, actually quite a bit less, about 20% <laughs> less. But um, what did you think about the attacking the rim or just in the game to be a little less three dependent? I don't think it was that they were less three dependent necessarily. They turned the ball over 18 times. Mm. I think they would have had, you know, five, six more opportunities from three, but you also saw a concerted effort to go to Josiah Alec early, right? He had a mismatch. They worked to, to get it to Josiah Alec inside, which led to his season high in points. Northwestern did a better job of communicating and, and switching off of that to not give Nebraska nearly as many of those easy opportunities um, in the second half, but you saw it against. Rutgers, you saw it against Iowa as well. It's really the turnovers, I think, Bach, that, that kept Nebraska's numbers down. I think they had some opportunities if they had, you know, gotten into their secondary action to get some more threes up, but the, the turnovers prevented them from getting there. You have to be able to win, you know, multiple ways. I, I saw this tweet from, I don't remember who, I'm going to try to pull it up here as I'm talking about it, but it appears my, my Wi-Fi is on the fritz. Um, I think it was Nebraska takes the eighth fewest um eighth lowest percentage of shots from the mid-range which is kind of what we we wanted to expect from a Fred Hoiberg team when he first got to Nebraska so I think Nebraska is playing more of a Fred Hoiberg style but you still have to be able to pull out that that mid-range trump card right Demarcus Lawrence hit that one over the big um early on in the second half and if if Northwestern's bigs are gonna drop and give you the mid-range pull up I'd rather you take that than drive at somebody who's going to swat your shot. And I'd rather Nebraska, you know, take wide open spot up threes. But if Casey Tomanog, if CJ Wiltz or Bryce Williams are going to get run off the three point line, they can't be afraid to shot fake, take that one or two dribbles into the mid range and pull it at the same time. Yeah, we'll have to see if they do a little bit more of that. Like you said, not necessarily uh, Fred Hoiberg's offense, but Strick has mentioned that as well as, mm -hmm. as being something that they could maybe add to the offense a little bit. And you're right, by the way, maybe they would have taken more shots. They ended up with 47 of them. Uh, 26 of 47 for the field, 55%. Whereas Northwestern had 63 shots at 16 more shots on, on the goal for Northwestern. Usually that can get you a win. But again, Nebraska's defense was, was pretty good here and there. At least I, I would say it, it's a, like you said, it's not, it's not one that you were, uh, would hang up on the fridge, I suppose. You, you, well, you, you kind of have to at this point because you snap a two game losing streak, right? So you, you absolutely do not complain about it, but you can't hang your hat on it either, right? There, there's plenty of work that Nebraska has to do. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, the Who's Post Game Show brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Uh, once in a while, you see Strick join us. Uh, <laughs> at, at most of the time. He's busy, alumni games, weekend. But he is uh, specifically busy because of alumni weekend. Um, and uh, that was a joy. Did that bring a little... It, every year, I like to see some of the, the, the former players out there and just reminisce on past times yeah it was it was fine a lot of alums in the building they were seated right seated right behind the bench i thought nebraska did a, a really good job with it this year yeah yeah and and pike's uh 
half-court shot. <laughs> Man, he at least hit the backboard and the rim on his first two attempts, unlike another former Husker alum uh -oh, that may or may not uh -oh. do a show with me from two to four That's right. and cash the last one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if he needs that trip to Houston, but he's going to take it. So right. uh, that'll be cool. Once again, uh, Nebraska beats uh, Northwestern 75-69, to 69, improved to 14-5 in five overall on the season for your Huskers and up to four and four in Big Ten play. Uh, once again, our next Hopes Hoops postgame show will be after the Ohio State game on Tuesday, which, once again, purchase Peacock if you don't have it, or go to Pinnacle Bank Arena and cheer on your Huskers. Thanks for joining us. We are going to go ahead and uh, and call it a day uh, as the NFL playoffs have started. And a lot of people's attention is probably getting to that, and we have that on our radio dial. So we do. Uh, if you are, are you listening to us now on the stream, go ahead and turn your radio on listen to some NFL playoffs. But that'll wrap it up for us here uh, from the Hoops Post Game Show. Thanks you once again for listening to myself, Jake Bachman, Austin Orman alongside me. Nebraska wins 75-69. to 69. Uh, Thanks again and have a nice weekend.